Welcome to the Arena Deckless Podcast. I'm Jerry Thompson, joined by Brian Gottlieb. And man, I want you to be home soon. Uh, uh, I would like to come home. I mean, I'm having a lovely time here in New Zealand, but still. Of course. Five, five weeks away is a long time. It is. Uh, man, I can't remember the last time I took a trip that long. Like, it definitely happened. Like, there were times when I was chaining events, mm-hmm. you know, crashing on people's couches in between events saving on flights and stuff like that. But just being in a, a foreign country for over a month, that's kind of wild. It is. It is. And if you're ready for some good news, it's very possible I end up here longer because there is a cyclone headed towards New Zealand right now that corresponds almost exactly with the uh, date I'm going to be leaving, theoretically. So I might just be staying here for a longer period than I expected. And uh, I don't remember if we discussed this on the podcast or not. I know I talked about it with you. But while I was here, New Zealand had its rainiest day. Well, Auckland had its rainiest day. And it's history. Actual, the most rain they've ever gotten in a single day. I think it like almost doubled the previous record. Uh, all of Auckland was like flooded. There were landslides everywhere. When I speak to people about the weather, they are just like, yes, this is the single worst summer we have ever had ever from a weather perspective. So I have just really ruined the entire weather system of New Zealand by coming here. Ah. I apologize to all of my Kiwi friends for cursing you with my weather bad luck. I thought I was escaping the horrific cold of New York where while I was here, it got down to negative 30 at my house. So, you know, I'm, I'm here in the summertime chilling, thinking I'm avoiding that. Nah, just cyclones, floods, landslides. I'm, I'm bringing it all to the table. Yeah, man, it's not it's not climate change. It's you just uh, make it all yourself. That's cool. That's what uh, several political parties have told me. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. me, not climate change. So, I, you know, they wouldn't lie. So I have to or or, you know. You're being results oriented. It right. could be any number of things. Right? Yes. Yes. This is just the natural process of, of the world. Yeah. Well, man, I, I hope you get to come back or at least I, have you thought about what it looks like if you end up having to stay there for like an extra week or two? Like, does that mean you're just going to go back to work? Yes, probably. I mean, I can't see that kind of time frame. Frankly, during this torrential downpour, the airport was literally underwater. Like there are, you go look at pictures of like Auckland Airport and the floods. You you will see just the airport with probably like a foot of water running yeah, you through sh- it. Yeah, you showed me pictures, man. It was yeah. unreal. Yeah. And they're still on like manual processes in a lot of areas because things were just destroyed. You know, a lot of the equipment was destroyed, but they they are running now at this point. So sort of barring just absolute cataclysm, which maybe I shouldn't bar, maybe that's on the table. I would expect I only have to remain here for like an additional day or two. Um, Like when Janelle's flight was canceled, she could have theoretically come like three days later. Uh, So I I don't know. I I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I'm skeptical I have to remain for another week or two. Uh, But if I have to remain for another couple of days, you know, just head into work and crash on someone's couch probably and figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. That, that sort of stuff to me seems like it should take a lot longer. It's like there's a foot of water in yeah, how the do you fix that? airport. Yeah. Right. And they're just like, Oh yeah, we just knocked it out in like two days. It's like, wow. Okay. Um, I mean, there was the pro tour in Venice mm, in yeah. 2007, 2008, I think where it was delayed for a day because the venue flooded. It was kind of a similar situation where it was like the the worst or no, it wasn't Venice. Valencia. That's where it was. You sure? Uh, you sure it was Valencia? Yeah. It doesn't sound right to me. I think it was Valencia. Um because I'm pretty sure we were in, in Spain. And it was, yeah, well, like the same sort of thing where it's like, oh yeah, worst rain in Spain in like 60 years or something. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the venue flooded, and then they had it cleared a day later, uh, which was pretty impressive. And was it like still destroyed in the inside, or what was the state of it? I mean, to be fair, I don't really remember what it looked like beforehand. Sure. Uh, so it it looked like the venue was just fine, like it was normal. Interesting. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe a day is like all it takes, right? It's just, you got to wait for the storm to die down, I guess. 
Yeah, you uh, put, out some, put out some fans and kind of dry everything out. I don't, I don't know. It seems wild to me. Uh, but like, like I said, there is like equipment stuff that is no longer working. Um, but I guess you just make do, right? Yeah, I mean, two thousand eight. What what equipment was there? You know, everything yeah. was pretty much manual anyway. So maybe true. Yeah. Anyway, man, I want you to get back home. I want you to, uh, you know, put down the fab stuff. You've done good work so far. I, I hope that you feel that as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Gotta, we got to get you back into Magic, man. It's actually good. I'm uh, telling I, would, you. I would like to play a game or two of Magic for sure. Uh, has not been in the cards. I've been, you know, keeping up with discussions and hearing from folks about what is, what is not working, but not not really a whole lot of time on my end. And I, I did think about it. I'm like, well, maybe I could just like, you know, squeeze in a draft and then I'm asleep because I'm exhausted. So it has not happened thus far. Yeah, we got to get back to doing the like Discord, you know, sealed events and stuff. Mm, that would be nice. I would like to do that. Although hearing very uh, sort of negative sentiment around I know. this limited format. Like what, what, what of it? All I see is it's bad. And it's like, uh, okay, cool. Uh, so, yes, that's mostly what I have seen. But I did see... It's not, that's not feedback. That's not nope, criticism. It's not. I did see, however, one useful piece of data that kind of uh, pointed to where maybe this is failing. And it was... I think it was from uh, the folks at 17 lands? Or is it 18 lands? Why can't I remember how many lands it is? It's it's 17, Brian. That's okay. the number of lands you're supposed to play. Nah, I, I play 18 a lot. This is why I can't remember it. Uh, so, so from the where, where is where is eighteen forty one dot com? Oh geez, I don't know, man. Um, anyway, continue. Yeah, so seventeen lands, I believe, where this chart came from. It was charting basically all the limited formats in uh, the history of the arena era, and the average turns and play draw dependency of this format are both lower and higher respectively than any other format ever by a lot. So like games on average were ending on like turn seven or turn eight. And I think that the play draw dependency was 55% favored towards the player on the play, which is just a pretty massive gap. So most of what I hear is like aggression is good. Blocking is bad. Uh, some stuff is unplayable and that makes for a pretty bad format. And also extremely, extremely bomb heavy is the other thing that I hear quite a bit. Sure. I mean, that that is just generic complaints for limited in general. Obviously, mm-hmm. there, are, there are some formats that are better and worse than others. Uh, Dream Trawler in particular is yeah. just like, man, this format was like otherwise pretty reasonable, but this at rare just makes it so it shows up like way too often and yeah, the games and I, actually like went long enough that it showed up if they yeah. had it. I think that's what's happening here too, is that just a lot of these things, you know, if a mythic is game warping, then meh, well, you know, it'll happen and you sort of write it off and you move on. But it does sound like a lot of the rares are what is actually warping the games here. And that's, that's a pretty big difference where there's like six or seven rares that are just borderline unbeatable. Yeah, that definitely makes it worse. Uh, I will say, though, the format does have a lot of interaction, a lot of very good removal, like one mm-hmm. minute removal. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily solve all the problems because it's not like, oh, you just kill their their one or two drop and take all the wind out of their sails. And I've definitely run into several situations where a removal spell doesn't stop like an army of mites or a utility creature or what, you know? So I I think that they built the limited formats with those things in mind, like kind of knowing that it was going to be relatively fast. And I also don't think that there occasionally being a fast limited format is necessarily that bad of a thing. Also it's like day four of the format or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, you just need to offer various forms of limited, like there's no clearer illustration of that than the fact that like some people love playing with battle box. I would rather claw my eyes out than play a battle box draft. I think it is the most boring, heinous format in the history of the world. Games never end. It's just like 
the edges are basically non-existent. It's it's just lame. There's there's nothing that appeals about it to me. People really, really like it though. And like some people want all of their limited formats to look exactly like that. I kind of want diverse experiences for my limited formats. I want to have to test different strategies and figure out, you know, okay, this is the counter to a format that looks this way. And where you run into trouble is where there are no counters. And I think after four days trying to definitively declare that is probably a little much. Uh, there's You're still in the world, especially in a world that's become more data-driven when it goes to limited. There are like information cascades that happen with that and people leaning on certain cards more than others and writing cards off as unplayable that are actually like the answers in some scenarios. I, I think all of that stuff still has to be discovered to some extent. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So I, the fact that there are, are numbers kind of like backing up the complaints. Uh, okay, that that's good. That, that is definitely better than the stuff that I saw. That was just like, format sucks, I hate it. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, nice feedback. Yeah, but at the same time, it's just like, have you actually figured out the format yet? Like, do you know, you might, you have an idea of, of what colors are, strong and why and you have some idea of like pick orders or whatever and how you want your decks to look but like do you actually like it's been four days you know yeah i mean to be fair there there is a possibility the answer to that question is yes it has been figured out it's possible it it has happened before uh it's also possible it hasn't been figured out so i i personally would give it a bit more time also is this best of one or best of three i don't know i don't know the answer or, to that. or a mix you know i mean that yeah. that matters to some degree too like you you were saying before though is like maybe there aren't answers and the pitfalls that i described with uh some of the removal spells if things like that happen enough where it's like oh yeah in theory i have a disenchant or a plummet uh but they still don't even like line up against the actual problems where it's like you know, things have indestructible counters or like the flyer just gives you a bunch of value or, you know, has haste, kills you super fast, whatever. Then, then it doesn't matter if it's best of three necessarily. But, uh, in general, I would say that best of three goes a long way towards potentially solving a lot of those issues. Like, oh man, I remember when I was trying to get on board with best of one for magic as a game because that seemed like the direction that they were moving in and thankfully they with a hand back. smoother with a hand smoother by the way yeah hand smoother and like sideboard cards that are main deckable and i'm just like god is is this actually doable like i i like the idea of having a digital game where the game's uh, are maybe a little bit shorter and you don't have as much buy-in. Like, I can't play a Magic Online tournament for 10 hours anymore. I just can't do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if if that somehow worked out where you could get Magic down to like, yeah, just pop in occasionally when you have five or 10 minutes, play a game or two, like that would be awesome. But it just, it didn't make sense to me. And they walked that back. And I think... <laughs> the sideboard-esque cards for limited are getting a little bit better in that regard. You know, it's like the plummet mm. is now like a disenchant yeah, with yeah. a plummet with a proliferate and just like, okay, like this is a card where maybe I don't feel terrible main decking uh, while still playing best of one. So it, it does, it still creates issues though. You know, it's like, well, I, I built my deck to be a little bit better against like this sort of thing. And I played against like a bunch of aggro decks and what the hell are you supposed to do about that? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. When you talk about removal lining up, like ultimately if the format is that aggressive, it won't matter if your removal lines up because you can't save your removal spell for unbeatable bomb because you will die. You will die before you get the chance to do that. Yeah. You have to like pop off your removal spell at the first thing that threatens your life total. You try to extend the game for just another couple turns, maybe unsuccessfully. Um, and then you die. That's, I mean, we did it with Zendikar, right? Like anyone who was around for original Zendikar, we sort of went through all these iterations and it was just like, nah, you just got to kill your opponent. You have no choice. You can't really interact on that level. Uh, I think, you know, all of the defensive cards in that format sort of failed and uh not by much i do think raising blade heart baby yeah that's the one that always stands out like that is the card that you change and actually 
think when I was uh, in the midst of applying for jobs at Wizards, one of the questions was like, how do you reshape the Zendikar limited format? And that was the card that I was just like, this fucking card needs to be better. Like this card needs to matter. It is just completely non-functional now. I think brought it to like two mana in my theoretical limited format as opposed to three, which is where it's at now. Yeah, that's not even a fun solution, though. No, it, it, the problem is that there are no fun solutions when you drive the game that aggressively. You kind of just need to slow the pace of everything down. And it was like one step in many, many steps to try and get things to a functional place. But uh, yeah, if you don't have if you don't have game extending tools on par with the aggressive tools, then the answers are not going to be there. They're just not going to line up. Yeah. And then your your only hope is to then be proactive as well and then hope mm-hmm. you just win the race which again i think is compelling enough for a format but maybe that's also a little too samey with what we've been doing like that was kind of the problem that people had with streets too was just like oh everyone has to just be attacking and you can't really do any other like weirdo cool sideways stuff and this is a set that could could have very easily had a bunch of that stuff with like oil and uh, artifact stuff matters but instead of just like oh you just have to kill your opponent well yeah none of that cute stuff matters yeah uh it's interesting one of the things that actually i've been focused on a lot with my job lately is just like the difference between the sort of rabid draft experience versus the difference between average draft experience and the things we're talking about are, th- are like assessments of a format after you've played what 10 drafts at a minimum to start getting these things yeah gestating in your head and then like 40 drafts to become an expert and then when you're in 100 drafts deep you're looking for things to sort of uh, still have that depth to still offer you some interesting experience and then the reality of the situation is that there are like out of the people who engage with this product there are point zero 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 one percent that are ever going to do that many drafts but our our world talks about it like that like it's just like this is how you draft this is how a draft format is supposed to be built and that's not actually the reality of the situation true but the problem is that they like a lot of the folks who are that entrenched are the mavens like they are they are the persons right and when someone is poking around on Twitter and they see everyone is poo-pooing the newest draft set or whatever. They're just going to mm-hmm. be like, it's bad. I'm not going to play it. Even though if they were just going to buy in for one, two, three drafts, it could be a fun experience for them. Yep. Yep. It is a eternal contrast and struggle between those two camps. So I, I really do wish that people would be a little bit more careful with the things that they say knowing that you know you have 20,000 followers on Twitter or whatever and mm-hmm. maybe are inadvertently denying someone of an experience that they could enjoy just because you said in a blanket statement like format is terrible or whatever and I don't know I've I I, I just feel so weird saying stuff like that in like not qualifying it with like what I mean by that or like who it would not be enjoyable for versus just it's bad. This is why you're a shitty Twitter follow. This is, you just summed it up. You're a reasonable, measured, thoughtful person who wants to give the full story. And the Twitter world is looking for hot takes, 280 characters. Let's go. We don't have time for this nuanced shit. Just blast me in the face with format sucks. Fuck this. And to be fair, to be fair, I don't think it's 280 characters anymore. Is it longer than that? I, I think it's longer. Yeah. I'm going to look this up because I just saw something about it. Um, But then just kept scrolling, obviously. So It was 140 when we started, right? And 280 was like doubling. Yeah. God, now, now we're Twitter boomers. Now, it's not enough to be actual boomers. We're actually Twitter boomers talking about back in my day. We only had 140 characters to piss off the entire internet. Okay, so for subscribers, Twitter subscribers, it's now 4,000. Mm, it may shock you, Gerald, but I am not a Twitter subscriber. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. 
But this is your chance. Go ahead and subscribe to Twitter, and then you can go ahead and give your nuanced 4,000 character takes. <laughs> I just might, all right, okay. man? I, I don't think you will. Eight books, nine books, 12 bucks a month, whatever it is. Steal, just, so just an absolute that Every steal. tweet I compose, uh, instead of doing a, a, a Twitter thread, which... I don't know. Does anyone ever read the tenth tweet in those threads? Or do you get bored? It's got to be a real good thread if I'm going to go that deep. Yeah, exactly. I love those threads, by the way, because they're basically articles. But this is why I can't. You tell me to rate something one through ten, I just can't do it. We know we know your kryptonite for sure at this point. It's like I wouldn't even describe it as a downside. It's just you got to know what you're getting into when you talk to me. That's all. Fair enough. Speaking of which, uh, you know that was twenty minutes about. Not what this podcast is supposed to be about. Right, 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 right. Yep. But uh, I think the limited format is fine. If you want to dip your toes in, if you enjoyed other Mirrodin formats, uh, you will probably have fun because I've been having fun. Am I going to draft 40 times? Probably not. But I think that's the case with most limited sets for me. So whatever. Same. I'm looking forward to getting uh, at least a couple drafts of this format in once I get the time. Uh, maybe, so there's maybe while I live in the Auckland airport, I'll be able to do that. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, where, where your floaties take mm-hmm. those with you just in case. Yep. Uh, there's pro tour thing this weekend. Yeah. Pro tour Philadelphia. Is it, is it this weekend or next weekend? Philadelphia next weekend. Question mark. It's not this weekend. I'm pretty, pretty confident in that. Magic 30 Philly. Next weekend, next weekend, next weekend. February 17th through 19th. Yeah, next Yeah, weekend. next weekend. Nailed it. All right. Fair enough. Pioneer, right? Yeah, Pioneer. Um, Pioneer's getting better. Uh, it was, man, not even that long ago. Maybe like six months ago. Right? I was just like, I hate this format. It's terrible. Uh, for a lot of reasons I could get into and probably did get into on the podcast. But now there are a lot of cool cards that have been added to the set and it used to be like maybe one card in a standard set has a shot at seeing play in pioneer but now there's just like a lot of them in every set which is awesome yep i think think purposely so i have a feeling that's part of their goals yeah and like kudos you know absolutely well done uh that does maybe lead to things like there being a lot of rares uh that are very yeah, very point. powerful for limited, but hey, I'll take it because end of the day, I think that pioneer health and depth and longevity are more important than any individual limited set for whatever that's worth. But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff that people are excited about and I haven't looked into it too much. Maybe maybe we should just do that for next week. I guess we talked about maybe doing it for this week, but I just worked on like standard and like done some limited stuff for funsies because i was like ah, i can't i can't really do that <laughs> but uh, i i'm very down to do that maybe as uh you know i highly doubt anyone qualified for that pro tour is like i'll play what jerry and brian tell me to in the blind that would be a bad choice i'm gonna be honest with you you should you should do your own work but maybe from a viewer perspective what to look for what we expect to do well what to kind of keep track of is sort of key innovations in the format i think we do a pretty fun show around that uh, yeah, so, just get people hyped for the event too. Yep, yep, so, that'd be nice. You know, I, I honestly, Gerald, I want this pro tour to succeed. I really do. Like, I, I hope it is a. I, I want to want to watch it. That is what I really want from this. I want to sit down, be interested in it, care about the results, care about the players. Um, you know, I'm torn. Yeah, I understand. And and like, look, there's there's a lot going on on my end too, where I should be torn this is theoretically a competitor to the game i work on and that's oh come on come yeah, on no i mean that's like look if i am if i am working towards building flesh and blood up and like that is my main focal point then part of it is like i should be like don't watch magic go play flesh and blood instead like i that's not me that's not realistic and i, I don't even think anyone at like flesh and blood wants that like everyone there loves magic we talk about magic there's no reason really to be like that but from just a sheer uh goal standpoint you could understand that a lot of other uh maybe like i i understand more competitive endeavors would take that line 
I understand what you're saying, but you know that it's not zero sum. Yes, 100%. It's not zero sum. I think we all benefit from having a good, healthy TCG space where we can play a bunch of games. It's just cool to play a bunch of games. I like it. I, I enjoy having a couple games to follow at this point. So, And when people get sick of your shit, because your limited format sucks, they can, go, they play can magic. go dabble in arena if they yeah. want to. You know? And vice versa. We'll, tr- we'll trade back and forth happily. Yeah, dude, exactly. Like it is absolutely not zero sum. And I think that there's certainly a lot of merit to having magic come before and have this just massive player base or, you know, lapsed players or whatever, who the fact that they are familiar with magic can be like a pretty easy gateway into your game, you know? Sure, 100%. I don't think there's any reason for y'all to be rooting against magic succeeding, you know, like if they did everything right and it meant that everyone just wanted to play magic instead of your game. Well, it meant that you're doing something wrong too. It's not magic's fault. Yep. Great way of looking at it. Uh, Really interesting point along these lines. I heard this from uh, an anonymous WPN store that I'm friends with, but uh, one of the things that I guess wizards does now when they're like looking at, your WPN status is like inquire whether you do Pokemon stuff in your store. And it's not because they don't want Pokemon stuff in your store. It's because they do want Pokemon stuff in your store. Right. Because kids get they, older. Correct. And they want them to transition <laughs> to magic at that point, which I think is really cool. Like it's, it's actually very uh, savvy and aware. So it's savvy and aware and kind of like the amount of slimy that I would expect from them. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's just like I I could try and just like figure out, you know, how strong your player base is or what the the demos are like in your region, how well you're doing to entice, you know, people to get involved and like recruit new players and stuff like that. But like, it's such an easier question to just be like, y'all, y'all have Pokemon events. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, oh, you get 40 kids per week. Yeah, okay. Awesome. Keep those magic, keep those magic, (laughs) magic singles on display. Keep them enticed. Oh, classic. Anyway, uh, I did a bunch of standard. Well, not, not a bunch maybe, but like I I did a good amount. That is exciting. I would, I would love to hear about what has stood out to you thus far. Well, what do you think I worked on? I, this is a, a weird answer because I don't see you having a lot of fun with this, but I think you'd also enjoy sort of proving me wrong. So I'm going to say the equipment deck. Well, before I did anything, I drafted. Okay. And I drafted an equipment deck. Uh, yeah. And I had uh, Jorkadim and Nahiri. Yeah. And I want to say another rare, but it wasn't Kemba. It was not Kemba. But so in you limited, were already partially there. In limited, those cards are quite good. I believe uh, that. So I mostly got that out of my system. I don't even think I have an equipment deck built. Wow. Okay. I thought you were going to tell a different story there. I thought that was enough to lead you down the path to Oh, equipment. no, I, I did start it. it, it <laughs> it's the last deck on my list for whatever that's worth. Okay, mm. no, this one I did... Yeah, okay. No, this is... So before the set came out, I went through and like built some templates for things, but without the new cards, obviously. Like, is yeah. it you could mostly flesh out? But uh, this one I did go through, and I think I searched for equipment and added some cards, and that was about it. That's as far as I got. Okay, all right. Then my second guess, and this is from a selfish perspective, because I really want to know what you thought about it. Is 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 it a a kind of temporary is it deck? Well, it's tough because how how would you build it? Uh, very creature light, very spell heavy, uh, very much leaning on just counter magic, bounce, unblockable, flying nonsense that your opponents just have a difficult time interacting with. No spells costing more than three is probably my absolute upper limit, maybe even two. Well, here's the thing. There are there are some cards that exist in the format, like uh, Jace. Mm. Technically cost three. Technically, yeah. Well, technically cost four, I guess. <laughs> if, you, if you want to be technical. Uh, also Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Mm. 
So I have those cards in my deck. All right. Uh, I, I don't have any four drops. That's good. The three is definitely my upper limit. Is it just just those for three drops and everything else is lower on the curve? It's four Fable, three Js. Yeah, yeah even, even that I was going to say, I could see just like doing six at the top end. So something like four Fable, two Js is is pretty appealing to me. So, uh, the reason I played the third Js, dude, I'm on the same page as you. The reason I played the third one is because, A, I wanted to have it on turn three more naturally. And mm -hmm. I wanted the ability to like draw two of them in the same game. Yep. Yep. And I understand that. We talked a bunch about how well that card snowballs into itself. Uh, I, I'm just going to tell you what's in the rest of the decks before I get into sure. specifics. So 13, okay. 15. I have, I have 23 land, which seems high, but there's enough like filtering and whatnot that I think it is better to err on the side of caution, especially since we don't have Spire Bluff Canal. Mm -hmm. So you only have like Shivan Reef and Stormcarve Coast for duels. And I wanted to play four coasts, even though they're super, super awkward. Uh, but I didn't want to play four coasts with like 22 lands or fewer, right? Yeah, it feels like Fable helps a lot with a slightly higher land count too, so. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff that you're doing scales a lot better when you're making all of your land drops, right? Like sure. being able to trigger, you know, fake prowess with Spell Dancer, Iconoclast, and play multiple spells in a turn with spell dancer and uh vindictive flame stoker just like you you want to make all your land drops empty your hand and then pop that thing right mm -hmm. so aired a little bit higher on lands but uh four consider two fading hope two spell pierce three flame stoker four voltage surge four iconoclast three spell dancer two obliterating bolt one abrade four make disappear one essence scatter the seven three drops that's my deck okay yeah it feels like we would have ended up in a fairly similar place i might have tried to uh like start from an even lower base like see how how low i can actually make the cmcs if they're if it is viable to just play an all one and two cost deck and uh, I, I have a feeling the answer to that would be no and you sort of just skip that step and went right to the i'm going to play these power cards as well but it would entice me to see if i could just cobble together some pretty medium cards into something special as a package yeah and like I said, Jace and Stormcarve Coast factored into that a lot. I think yeah. that if Stormcarve Coast was not so bad, like if it were Steam Vents or Spire Bluff Canal, I would happily play a lower land count. And if I didn't want to do my Jace Science, then I happily would have just played like two and like maybe sideboarded a third or whatever. But mm -hmm. uh, three flamestoker three spell dancer is also kind of weird because it's like you want them on curve right like you definitely want flamestoker on one yes uh, i just didn't want to go overboard crafting especially since i knew that i was going to be drafting a decent amount uh sure i opened like a hundred packs i think so i didn't i don't have like the full set or anything yet but uh initial feelings with stuff is that jace is pretty good but there are definitely scenarios where your opponent just like goes super wide and you can't uh, really contain what's going on. But thankfully, like it does have a lot of loyalty and mm -hmm. uh, definitely does get to the point where your minus three is drawing three cards. I think the game is mostly over at that point, but uh, it still does get there. Fable contributes to that a decent amount. Yeah, yeah, cool. So... Uh, that, that definitely did happen. And like also like Flame Soaker just goes through a lot of cards too. So like those cards work pretty well together in a way that I didn't really foresee. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure too, a lot of that is just like, because you are so effectively filtering just dead weight that you're pitching at that point and you're very happy to, you know, give up two completely dead cards in hand to accelerate to that end game state with Jace. So, uh, I like the deck. It, it doesn't have a ton of power, but it definitely feels like we have all the pieces for this sort of thing. And that it's not really what we're used to having in standard where it's like, you get to play like this low to the ground tempo we deck. And it's like, yeah, I have like good removal and cantrips and good counter spells and good card advantage, you know, but 
at the same time, it doesn't necessarily line up super well with what everyone else is doing in the format. So mm-hmm. there is that issue. But yeah, you get to feel like you're, you know, playing a legacy-esque deck in standard, which is cool. Yeah, it's exciting. So that that is is it. Uh, when Iconoclast came out, I was pretty happy to pair that with the new Sahili, and then I was playing like some of the five mana Jace at the top end or whatever. Just at this point, your your creatures are so good at creating card advantage or pseudo card advantage, and you have Jace and Fable at three. It's just like there's no reason to really go bigger than this. You just don't have to. Yeah, man. So. So many, so much cardboard again. So so much cardboard in hand, never running out of things to do, things to spend your mana on. Your scaling is very effective into the late game, which is cool. Like it, it is cool to see like a very steady power curve upwards. I think it takes some of the tension out of late game, which I always really appreciated when just like all these cards have this super mode when you hit the ultra late game. Like Flame Stoker immediately can convert into four more cards and jace is now uh minus draw three cards planeswalker it's it's funny how dramatically these cards scale throughout the game yeah it's nice it is definitely very nice uh i would play four flame stokers probably not because i want to draw multiples it's just i want it on turn one yeah huge difference maker yeah and then spell dancer kind of has a lot of the problems that I foresaw where it is difficult to line up two good targets of removal with it and doesn't necessarily, you know, play well with counter spells when like counter spells are not uh, proactive. They're obviously reactive, but even just like having it in play and then sitting on a counter spell and you're kind of like daring them to develop like that, that plan works out. Okay. It just means that you're not necessarily, uh, using spell dancer every turn but mm-hmm. it's still just like the threat of it existing like you can cash it in at some point is is pretty nice to have and i feel like you can build around that too like at maybe not now maybe the pieces are not present but at some point you'll find like modal options where you can sort of switch between both game plans yeah uh would definitely like more than just consider because consider is just the best in the deck for a lot of different reasons yeah um and just one of the easiest and best things to copy with Spell Dancer, but I don't know if there is a, a thing like that that I want to look into. You know, I, it doesn't, I it like, doesn't feel a little low impact to you though. Like, don't you wish there's like? I know it's kind of stupid to say, oh, I wish I had expressive iteration because every deck sure. w- wishes that. But you know, it's like some kind of bridge, even something like uh, Charter Course. Like, where's that two mana spell that actually becomes a real source of persistent card advantage in the late game? Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's one mana is a big part of it. Sure. So, I don't know. I I could I could load up on expensive card drawers, absolutely, but it kind of defeats the purpose of what I'm I'm looking for, actually. So. Yeah, I, I am very curious if there is a mode for Spell Dancer where we also get uh, the the one mana draw to if your opponent has three poison counters and you're actually able to leverage those two cards in conjunction with each other. I I would have loved that, but I just don't think that there's a way to reliably get the first counter on them. Yep. You know, maybe not. Maybe not. So, so many of the decks that I was playing against were like, Oh, your second land is storm carve coast. You lose, uh, or you, you don't have the right removal spell or whatever on turn two, you lose mm-hmm. because, so much of it depends on you like slowing the game down, playing a creature, you know, kind of milking that creature for a little bit. And if the game doesn't play out that way, where it's like you don't have the creatures early and you, you're just like playing some removal spells and cantrips or whatever, not you're just treading water. Right. Yeah. Yep. And then at some point you're like, aha, I found my spell dancer, but you're, it's just so far off of being active or actually doing anything. Uh, you need your cards to line up. It's basically what I'm saying. It makes sense. So yeah, uh, what else? What else do you think I did? I feel like there has to be some kind of gleeful demolition shenanigans going on on your end, some kind of aggressive deck uh, in that vein. I went a little bit further than I did with equipment as far as going through and adding cards to a deck that looked appealing, but uh, I didn't get much farther than that. Okay. 
personally, I'm looking forward to putting together my budget, gleeful demolition, free from flesh, exuberant fuseling, Oni Colt Ample, beatdown deck. I, I don't think you want free from flesh, but yes. Oh, I do. I, I don't think I, I don't think I should want it, but I want it. Okay, fair enough. I mean, you just do a couple drafts and get that out of your system. That's what I did with the okay. equipment deck. Yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Save me a few wild cards. All right. Uh, I, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna spoil you here. Uh, one of the other decks I actually built and played a reasonable amount of games with is Esper. Okay. What has and changed for your Esper deck? Skrelv. Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't know how familiar you are with like how the lists ended up looking towards the end of, of last season, or I guess it was more of like towards the middle or whatever, but they're, they're all just like creatures. It's just mm-hmm. legendary things because yeah. at this point we've gotten so many of them and the man is so good. Yeah. It so, feels like Skrelv is right at home in that type of setup. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a lot of high value things that you want to be able to protect and I just I kind of went through and just like added the legendary cards that I liked. And I sort of stumbled upon some stuff that's like kind of silly. So there is this four mana Orzov card that is a legendary zombie wizard named Rada Drabic of Urborg. Are you okay. familiar? No, I believe you, though. That probably would be something that exists. All right. So two B-dub. 3-3, three, three, Vigilance, Ward 2. Other zombies you control have Vigilance. Whenever another legendary creature you control dies, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's not legendary, and it's a 2-2 two, two black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. This is like triggering some kind of memory for me, but I, I feel like this is something I looked over and then immediately deleted from my brain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the name also just makes it sound made up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is a card that I saw in a few lists, and I was like, okay, yeah, y- when you're going kind of like all in on the legendary stuff, this is sort of like your Midnight Reaper type of punish for getting hit with a sweeper or whatever. Uh, but one of the other legendary cards that I just added is Mondrak Glory Dominus. You're just making up cards. I don't have time for this, Gerald. I'm a busy guy. <laughs> if you're just going to sit here and taunt me with made up cards, then... No, no, this is, this is a new card. This is the white indestructible counter thing. So okay. Four, four mana, okay. four, four. If one or more tokens will be created under your control, twice that many tokens are created. Yes, I, I do remember this. This like stretchy skin face thing is how I remember this in my head. I don't think I would describe it as that, but there's also probably 10 versions of it. So Okay, sure. Anyway, I just ended up in a situation where I had Radadrabic and Mondrak and obviously like a couple other legendary creatures and my opponent was just like, kill your creature. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> All right, make three of them. Two, but yeah. Two, two, yep, I'm sorry. Uh, and Yeah, I mean, if you have like a, a sack outlet which i don't really have but it certainly got the wheels turning right i was just like i had two and one of these cards in my deck and it was just like oh together they're just absolutely busted feels very silly i'll give you that and mondrek i just had because i had like the hive and oh you were playing hive. how was how was hive hive is solid okay uh it's it's weird though I don't know. It has it has a lot of the same bitter blossom problems where it's just like well, it, you play it on turn two. It's great, obviously. Drawing mm. multiples, uh, you know, it's going to kill you um, most likely. And if you're getting pressured, <laughs> like the tokens can't block. That was one of the upsides of bitter blossom was for the sure. First case, it's a force field, right? Yep. So I think that this is just silly because I'm I'm just going to say this about everything, but it's like the more proactive you're being in general, the better this card is, right? Mm. And then, I mean, if you have any sacrifice synergies or I had uh, Ellis Ilkor, which is... Another made-up card, yeah. Warden, basically. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, now, now we kind of got a stew going. Uh, got some Vran Executioner Thanes in there, so you can just like suicide the tokens to gain some life too if you want. So, 
All right. So here's a question. Does everything being a legendary creature make all of these names harder to remember for anyone besides me? For whatever reason, just like random, you know, Phyrexian Obliterator, Shivan Dragon, names like that I can remember forever. I don't really know why, but uh, they sort of stick with me. But when you just say made up name, made up qualifiers after it, they have completely blended together for me and I cannot distinguish those from each other. The funny thing about that is, uh, I believe if I told you to name all the members of the Weatherlight crew, you could do it. Maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe not like, all. Like, yeah, but, there, there's like, but there's like six at that point, right? Like in the last year, there has to be 300 what I'm, of name what I'm and random thing. That's what I'm saying, is that now there are so many of them. It's like, yeah, obviously you can't remember all the the proper names of the characters or whatever. But yeah, if Ellis, Ilkor, Sadistic Pilgrim were blood artist or whatever, yeah, you'd probably just remember. That feels easier, easier. yeah. Because they're, they're words you know versus made up things. That's a good way of looking at it, yeah. Yeah, it's like you're, you're adding more... Uh, it's uh, like anytime you like learn a new game or whatever, right? It's like you have to kind of like take in all that new terminology and everything because it's it's all brand new to you. You're learning a new language effectively. But yeah, like blood artists, those are two words you already know. It's pretty easy to just like put those together and remember them. Sometimes uh, I'm like sad that no one contacts me to do magic coverage anymore. And then other times I'm pretty grateful because I think I am probably absolute shit at it at this point I would have to do a very, very large amount of studying before I was even functional again. So, yeah. Uh, and then I, I had a fun of Elish Norn, but did you have fun? Uh, I don't know. She didn't, she didn't really do anything. Which version? That's the question on everyone's mind. Normal as hell. I don't know. I'm on arena, man. Okay. Do they have all 10 versions on arena? Dude, I don't know. I certainly didn't go looking. I, I know that there's some, I'll check the store right now because I'm I'm on Arena. Remember when we used to buy cosmetics on Arena? Yep, sure do. Man, man they had us. <laughs> they had us in the hard lock. All right, uh, they have one card style. Oh, I guess I could just they have the the Junji Ito one in the store. Eight hundred gems, hell of a deal. It's a steal. I don't I know how much that is. Marvel Snap has broken me for the gem to to dollar oh, conversion yeah. rate. Are you still blank snap? Uh, I, I dabble. I'm a very casual snap player in all aspects, except how much money I spend on the game, where I'm an absolute whale. But other oh, than God. that, uh, completely casual. Well, I just, I tried to do what I thought was the smart thing, which is like search for Elish Norn, and then you can like right click it and see all the card styles. Okay. And then for whatever reason, my arena just like froze. <laughs> so that sounds, sounds absolutely correct. That's how that's supposed to work. Uh, okay, it looks like there are four of them. There's... I wonder how they were like, we need these four on Arena, but you other six were good. Thank you. Oh, well, one is probably for the Mastery Pass. That would be my guess. There's two okay. black and white ones and then the Phyrexian one and then the normal one you get from Boosties. Hmm. So that's it. I don't know. Anyway, Esper uh, looks good. Also looks kind of fun because there's like these weird ass combos with like your two of legendary creatures, but then it kind of got me thinking that maybe there's there's like something more going on. Just also, a combo deck, maybe. Yeah, maybe. And one of the things that also stood out to me, like once I actually looked at the list, was that the only blue cards were Rafine and Denik. And obviously that would probably change. I would probably have some counterspells in the sideboard or something. Uh, I was just doing best of one to get reps in or whatever. But, you know, uh, doesn't doesn't have to be Esper. Could cut the blue. And if you do, there's... Mardu. Mardu. What, what are we getting for red? I, I just want Oni Cult Ambles and everything. That's that's really what it comes down to. Oh, well, I don't think that would really fit here, Brian. I'm sorry. No, we can make it fit. Like you talked about wanting uh, persistent sacrifice outlets and getting payoffs from all these other legendaries. Like, I, I think you could absolutely build around it with what's present. What if, instead of Rafine, we played braids which combos with the hive mm. okay and then you know gives you a sacrifice outlet in case you ever assemble ratadrabic and mondrak yeah this feels very old school 
So, uh, white black stuff looks pretty good. Blue, maybe not necessary. Format's always interesting when Orzov is a viable deck, in my opinion. Yeah, because yeah, you're like, what the hell? How did this happen? Yeah. And other than that, I built uh, some sketches for like mono blue, mono green, mono white, but didn't really get super far because I was having a lot of fun playing with like blue, red, and Esper. Mm-hmm. So I guess if I do pioneer research for next week's show, and then we're going to start getting some results because uh, maybe we should have said this at the top of the show. Like, we just don't have any right now. Yeah. Like, yep. standard results. So uh, two weeks from now, if we check in on standard again, I should have hell info then. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, early reports for standard impact have been good. There are so many decks I legitimately want to build, and I haven't felt that way in a while. So that is... That is dope. It is really cool to have this level of uh, build around action and just fun ass looking cards in the set. You got any homework for me? What are what are you trying to build? I can just build that shit right now. Well, I, you obviously have heard me mention Oni Cult Anvil like a million times. There is just there is some sacrifice brew mush here where there's just so much value to get from these Oni Cult. At- anvil activations and there's a lot of different paths you can get it from there's a lot of options for fodder there's a lot of options for like how do you punish off of these activations like what kind of triggers are you able to present yeah um that is extremely exciting to me and i keep coming back to exuberant fusling being part of that like the the whole make three stupid guys with your sacrifice an artifact thing and then you have that kind of beatdown plan going on in the background while exuberant fusling grows large and you're also getting the triggers from oh god legendary that does damage when something does i, <laughs> I just can't try names anymore it's not going to happen um but yeah that that is the package that most intrigues me because it's got a really nice spread of like cheap early aggressive starts and just like long game grind you to dust type stuff yeah I mean, that that's on the docket for me, for sure. You know I love that stuff. Yeah. It was just not as straightforward as the rest of the stuff, where I was just like, search for Legendary. Yeah. It's also pulling me because it seems to revolve mostly around like a lot of commons and uncommons. So it is theoretically possible I could actually take to Arena and play this deck, should yeah. it exist. Budget gamer. Just got to yeah. craft some Blackleaf yeah. Cliffs or whatever. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a budget gamer these days. I got I to gotta know where I'm at. I don't have the backlog of standard cards to be able to just hop on. So if I am going to play, it's got to be something that I can do with just a few wild cards. Stop giving second dinner all your money. I mean... Maybe don't give wizards all your money either, but you know. In in general, I think I'd be better served by not spending all of my money on card games. I should probably find better places for it to go. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're. I mean, I guess you could argue this either way. It's like you're spending eighty hours a week on a game that pays you, mm-hmm. which then subsidizes all of your other gaming habits or whatever. That's true. I also buy a lot of those cards as well, though. So well, there's, yeah, <laughs> there's that problem. So that's fair. But yeah, I was I was gonna say it's like, well, you spend eighty hours on the one, and then I don't know, like a couple hours on the rest or whatever. It doesn't seem very smart to then funnel maybe hundreds of dollars into the ones that you're not spending that much time on. But you know, whatever. At least when you get the time to play. You should be able to play what you want. Play the way you want, which I can't do in Snap, by the way. Like, I was just like, oh, I want to play this Sauron deck today. And I'm like, oh, I don't have Sauron. So uh, despite the fact that I give them all my money, you still can't just do what you want in that game. That game is greedy. It's also fucking excellent. So it's a really, really hard tension. Um, But man, they take a lot of dollars from you. If you were willing to give it. Yeah, I've, I've spent very little Good for you. Uh, I did most of the battle passes, skipped some of them. Uh, I've done them all since the release. Okay. I have. But I've given a lot more beyond that. I've made it a point to just never spend gold on a variant. Okay. Because it's a slippery slope. Yeah, I don't don't have any variants. I just like uh, do the auto 
like the auto level up stuff because I don't play a lot, right? So I don't get oh, the boosters no, from dude, games. Please don't, I, please. Gerald. I know, I know it's a leak. I understand. No, I it's, it's worse than that. It's so bad. Yep, but I don't play enough to generate boosters otherwise. So that is how I have to rely on leveling up. If I just sat there and played all day, I wouldn't have to do that. But that is the only way I'm realistically going to get my collection level up. Nah, Brian, there's got to be a better way. When you find it, I will sign up for it. What What is your collection level right now? 4,700. Oh my God, how are you farther than I am? Because I spend a lot of money. I've been very clear about this. That is the solution. Yeah, but even then, that's just absurd to me. Uh, I think you'd be surprised how much you can move up that track if you just uh, buy as many gems as you can get your hands on. Oh my God. No, I mean, like someone did the math uh, at some point. It was like, you know, spending, this is all made up, but it's like spending 100 gets you like 200 levels or something. I was like, that seems terrible. Mm hmm true it's just it's really bad what did i say my collection level is four thousand yeah that tracks pretty close oh my god dude that's gross agreed anyway yeah i was just like i'm, I'm never gonna spend gold on a variant because it's a slippery slope and then my gold will be gone and then i'll want to buy more gold because you know i'm just like i just i can't do it i'll just play with the non-chibi versions of cards or whatever <laughs> just be fine with that just have the pain of only having these beautiful 3D astounding looking cards that yeah. look incredible. I, I mean, my, it, really, it really is an excellent game. There's, there's only like so many ways you could say it. it it's, it's brilliant in terms of like how it engages uh, its player base in terms of like how quickly everything happens. Excellent toilet game, like just probably the best toilet <laughs> game ever made. So I, I can't wait until the clones start showing up. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 like I legitimately agree with you, and not like from a haha, there's a clone, but like in general, the first thing like this that comes to market is usually not the best version of it. Like I think of like Slay the Spire into Monster Train, which I think Monster Train is like way better than Slay the Spire, and I'm sure there's like tons of other contenders at this Slay point. Slay was not the first one. Uh, yeah, yeah, you've you've expressed as much to me. What was what was the first one? Dream Quest. Yes, yes. Yeah, so Slay was the first one to kind of break through, right? And have that widespread popularity. Um, but I felt Monster Trade really brought it to the next level. Uh, the auto chess, so like the actual mod auto chess for Dota was the first I ever had of like an auto battler. And obviously yep. then Battlegrounds and TFT brought it to the next level. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see where this quick gaming genre goes. Yeah, I... I just want them to have like it, I want it to be like snap, but more cards and just have like a trad card like CCG business model. Yeah. You know? uh, I, I understand why snap did not do that because they have very few cards and like the, the way they have their system set up, like each card does feel meaningful and that does feel cool, but it gets old so quick. Yeah. Right? And if it was just like, oh, you can spend, you know, 200 bucks to get all the cards and we come out with a, a card a week or whatever, like that's not fast enough. So I, I understand why they did it the way that they did. But now I'm just like, I don't know, like I, I literally can't even throw like hundreds of dollars at you to like buy a card I want. Right. So what is the point of this? I don't understand. It is frustrating. But it is a good game, a fun game. Uh, definitely scratches the itch and like is very strategic and everything like i i love all those aspects of it it's just not a thing i can like fully invest in or get behind in because of the issues that it has and mm -hmm. i don't know maybe they, maybe they solve it or maybe they come out with like a limited format that alleviates a lot of those issues like gives you something else to do uh that, that'd be awesome i would love yeah that. i agree but shit man uh pioneer next week you know you're uh Four mana flash enchantment that makes instants and sorcery spells yeah. cost less. Yep. You know, people are hyped to, to, to do that with Epiphany and Pioneer. I haven't seen yeah. the games actually play out and it seems pretty terrible to me, but it's interesting. I, I understand the appeal. Uh, I think I think they're asking for a lot from that card. It like takes so, so long to scale to an effective point. 
uh, I, I kind of saw it more as a sideboard option than a pure build around. But I get it. I mean, like mana reduction is one of the most powerful things you can do in the game. It, it scales pretty well uh, in, in terms of its impact. And like if you one cost reduce your your two cost things and you're doing like double spells in a turn now, that is very meaningful to getting you to the point where you can do the two cost reduction, which is meaningful and get you to the point with a three cost reduction. And then it does it does snowball very effectively. Um yeah, very I mean, vulnerable at, at though. Th- Just so like where, you, where it takes all that uh, setup time, it's so vulnerable. No, that's definitely true. The the three cost reduction with big score then generating mana is like, oh yeah. okay. all right. Yeah, like I am sold if you're able to reliably get the game to that point. Yeah, it's just like you, there is no way to, well, I shouldn't say that. It is hard to cheat beyond the point. And maybe this is actually the way these have to go. It, it is challenging to cheat beyond the point where you have to spend three turns of setup till you get the really powerful thing, which is so different from Wilderness Reclamation, right? Not only does Wilderness Reclamation immediately empower you, it stacks extremely well on multiples and just gets bonkers very quickly whereas this asks you for some setup time so maybe the way these decks are supposed to go is just like cheat on these counters get more counters onto this thing via proliferating and power to your end game as opposed to just kind of naturally float there maybe or not make it so you have to deal with the early game necessarily because mm-hmm. like you you need to make it so you have a window to play this right where as you know with reclamation you just it's free man yep. <laughs> it just it pays for itself and then some every time. Uh, whereas this is like, you need a turn of reprieve to do it. And yeah. if that's the case, leaning on a bunch of like shocks and brotherhood's ends and stuff like that might just be worse than turbo fogging. It does feel that way to me. Yeah. I think you're just supposed to power to this end game and man, isn't, isn't there a fog with proliferate? Am I making that up? That might not be in the pioneer format. That might be something that's, yeah, I, I might have to do a search just to, I don't know alleviate my my brain here add it to your homework uh <laughs> searching scryfall for fogs god i hate homework <laughs> it sounds like uh my daily existence just a few years ago just searching scryfall for fogs every day uh, what do i even ser- prevent all combat damage prevent. like there's always like some weird yeah just search for prevent you'll you'll get to where you need to eventually all right, pioneer prevents. I'm I'm doing this live. All right, because we we all need to know the answer to this. All How right, many fogs are? Search by mana value. If they're all two mana fogs, mm-mm. uh, wait, is literal fog pioneer legal? GG, game's over, brother. Yeah, because if so, I mean that's what that's what Scryfall's saying. I don't know. What set is literal fog in? Well, the one that's showing is like Eternal Master. So, interesting. Uh, all right, let's see. Yeah, it says legal in Pioneer. Um, dude, Magic, Magic 2014. Okay. If that's a Pioneer legal set, who am I to argue? Dude, there are a lot of, there are a lot of fogs. There, there are uh, 28 fogs. Just barely more fogs printed than versions of Elish Norn in this mm-hmm. new set. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have commencement of festivities, which is just fog, but for an extra mana. Cool. Uh, defend the hearth, same thing. Oh, populate fog, druid's deliverance. Mm, that may have been the one I was thinking of. Yeah, not gonna work here. Haze of Pollen, the cycler, that one's good. Uh, roots now. Yeah, haze, haze is good for sure. And then, uh, and then we're in the three mana fog territory. Yeah, so it looks like haze and literal fog, maybe. Thinking about how that lines up with what happens in Pioneer, I don't really want to fog my Lotus Field opponent. That doesn't sound like haze. No, but your your uh, fire impulses and Brotherhood's ends aren't going to be doing much either. So true. whatever. Yeah, very true. It's also weird because you do want iteration, like Galvanic iteration and big score. So this has you like dipping into a third color, but like maybe there are ways to just blue green it and maybe mm. just like play more time walks instead. Mm, this is a problem I don't need in my life. 
Yeah, this this sounds more of uh, your homework than mine. I'm I'm done. I have satiated my brain. My brain can now give this up. I'm done. Probably probably for the best. Anything else? No, that's it. I'm gonna go do my cyclone preparation. Uh, get some food into my hotel room. Should there actually be some issues, and uh, hopefully join you next week from my luxurious log cabin in the middle of nowhere in the United States. When is your flight supposed to actually leave? It's supposed to leave Monday evening, New Zealand time. Okay. And I'm supposed to arrive back in New York Monday evening earlier than I left New York. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, I will check in with you on... I don't know, whatever day that's supposed to be my Sunday, I guess, and see how things are going. But yeah, definitely, definitely pack a bag, man. Like get those survivalist instincts going. I don't know mm. what's going to happen. I hope everything's okay. I hope so too. Prayers up, homies. Throw yeah. your prayers up for me. Game. Game. Good luck.